0: Hello, and welcome to Herding Code. This episode is being recorded May 16, 2022. Today, I'm talking to David Ort now about .NET MAUI. Welcome, David. Hey, John. hey good to see you. Okay, so let's start with the basics. What the heck is .NET MAUI? I, I mean, I, I know there's kind of this Xamarin thing out there, Forms, and now there's .NET MAUI. What is it?
1: So .NET MAUI, it stands for multi platform App UI and it is really the evolution of Xamarin so Xamarin is uh started you know like 10 12 years ago mono framework mono touch mono droid and it was essentially saying hey let's let's take what apple and google are doing these mobile platforms that are super cool and mm-hmm. let's bring it to net developers and it was an open source thing uh you know at least as far as the runtime and things like that go um, but it was kind of out there in the community. And then, uh, what, six years ago, Microsoft acquired it. Um, and then five years ago, I joined Microsoft to be the program manager for Xamarin Forms. specifically that, you know, we favor XAML, but you can totally just use C Sharp uh, or F Sharp, actually, to write your mobile applications. But it was a very mobile-focused thing, right? So mm-hmm. what we have been doing in the .NET space over years is unifying. Um, Taking all these things that were disparate, they all had different roots in terms of where they started, but you know, we want anything with .NET and be able to reuse not only the technology, but our skills. So, you know, .NET framework turned into core, .NET 5 shipped, 5 unified, some of the mono pieces and some of the BCL pieces, BCL standing for base class library. And then grandiose plan, that was when Xamarin would also become really a core part of .NET. However, mm-hmm. pandemic things, you know, best laid plans of mice and men, things didn't quite
0: go the way we wanted. Well, also, plus it's it's a big job, right? I mean, like yeah. b- uniting everything and you've had like .NET and C Sharp are like, they're similar specifications, but like the whole way that that Mono and Xamarin worked always seemed like it was amazing to me that it actually worked. right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was the ingenuity of some very smart people that made it work. But, you know, outside of Microsoft's doors, really, even before everything was mostly open sourced, there was a lot of duct taping to make things work and to make, make it a good developer experience. So we're now able to, in the open source era and as part of Microsoft, kind of rectify some of those things. So, you know, we're adopting SDK style projects, the same project system that the rest of .NET uses. And and we've also added platforms. So now we give uh, first place support to Windows and Mac desktops. So that's a big did ad- we really have. I mean, we kind of had UWP, um, but that really started because we had this, this win- Windows phone thing, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to like trigger anybody, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Tons of stuff that that have ne- has needed to happen under the hood uh, from the runtime, the base class library, unifying all the APIs. And you know, in terms of Xamarin, there's some things that we did with types for NFloat and NInt and things like that uh, to to make things work with Apple that are non-standard .NET things. So in .NET six, we unified our types. Um, which you know, uh, in the short term, there's definitely some pain. <laughs> not gonna not gonna sugarcoat that. But <laughs> uh, in the long term, you know, we're gonna see some nice gains um, and consistency across the whole thing. So very excited that we finally, uh, after years of transition, uh, we're bringing to full GA fruition here in .NET six. Well, as part of the as Scott Hunter would like to say, the .NET six wave. Which I think Wave yeah. works really good with the
0: name .net. Oh, nice, nice. So, okay, so so the you know top level. I'm I'm totally not even a .net developer. I haven't been keeping up. The high level is I can write C sharp or .net code, and I can build applications that will run on Android, iOS, Mac, and Windows. Is that right? Exactly.
1: And they're native applications. That's a key differentiator. So that means that when your app runs on iOS or Android or Windows or Mac, it's using the same premier UI toolkit that the manufacturers is say, this is the way you should build apps.
0: Okay. So it's not like a, because I think that's been as a workaround for a long time, people are building, for instance, like um electron apps or stuff like that right where so you it technically will run cross-platform but it's really running a browser and it's running like it's it's not that like native or even going way back like java or stuff like that right but it's you didn't have this like native application
1: yeah yeah you run into what's known as the uncanny valley in some situations depending on how well that uh technology is able to mimic the platform um uh you know there's certainly other uh, you know platforms out there or frameworks out there that do a really good job at it um however uh yeah the hybrid thing which we typically call those as hybrid frameworks um uh, you end up needing to make some compromises in terms of what you can access on the native platform or what kind of UI experiences you can create but Uh, you know, with straight Maui, you don't have those compromises, plus you get to use .NET, so it's one language, right? You don't have to uh, drop into Objective-C, Swift, Java, or Kotlin. Um, You could, you know, uh, we're very, uh, you know, open to using whatever technologies that you really want to be able to use. Um, But in addition to all of that, we actually do have a really cool hybrid story. Um, So you are a web developer, you've heard of this thing, Blazor? Yep. Yeah, yeah. a little familiar with that. So what's really interesting to me about this, and it seems to be resonating with some of the early adopters of Maui, a Blazor action or just a Blazor component, and you can drop it into a native Maui app and it does run in kind of that hybrid context. However, because that code gets compiled as C-sharp code, there's really not that same browser interrupt barrier that Mm -hmm. you would normally, and again, because, you know, some UI frameworks such as Blazor do a really good job with helping you style your UI you don't end up so much in these uncanny valleys and you can use it for what it's appropriate for. But then if you really need that native UI experience, Maui controls are right there in the same application. So you can quickly stand up an application, share your code with web, um, and, uh, you know, sky's the limit. So really cool to see. We've even seen some some apps shipping to the app stores already
0: using that Blazor hybrid with Maui scenario. Um, and it's really so, cool. So some of that seems like you mentioned the word hybrid and, you know, some of it seems like I, it makes me think of am I paying like a big performance penalty or is it, you know, like how does it compare to what I guess part of my question here is what apps are not a good fit for that hybrid scenario? blazer hybrid scenario.
1: Right, yeah. So, um, the browsers have gotten really good at, you know, executing quickly. Um mm-hmm. so I I I think that 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 window of what's not a good application is getting narrower and narrower. Um whereas, you know, a few years back we would have said, well, you know, if you adopt PhoneGap or or Cordova or one of those uh early hybrid frameworks uh it would be much better known what's not a really good application for it. So, um, I would think that anything that's heavily graphic intensive, mm. uh, may not be good. Um, <clears throat> anything with heavy animation may not be good. Um, but again, there's, there's going to be, uh, um, exceptions to these rules. So the good news is, is that if you stand up a Maui app and you start building in one direction, let's say that uh, you like, hey, I really think I'm going to be able to get away with Blazor and I'm going to accomplish all of my needs. And you get you get a couple miles down the road, and that's not working out. You don't have to trash your application. Your .NET code will work just just swell without that browser context, um, and you can stand up native UI in its place. Without starting your application over again, without you know starting from scratch, so I think that's a that's a pretty cool way to think about it. Is you know don't overthink uh, the approach that you take, um, but also uh, you know within a within a Blazor hybrid scenario, you still have access to all the non UI stuff that a Maui application provides, such as sensors, file system access, notifications, local notifications, um, system tray, you know, all, all the things that you would want to have access to in a native application is all there at your fingertips, even though you might be standing up UI that's, that's HTML in CSS. So, um, yeah,
0: I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have specific examples for you. No, we'll no. We'll see what people do. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it, right, is goes into like, you test it and you see what works. And I, I, like you're saying, browsers have gotten, we're recording this, this podcast over video in a browser now, yes. right? And it's like, yeah. thinking of doing that years ago would be like, that's just ridiculous. And it's like, and and now I guess most platforms don't have to spin up a whole browser. This There's this like WebView2 or these native built-in browser controls, right?
1: yeah yeah so webview two uh, is is something that we actually use on the desktop. Uh, we use it on on Windows right now. so when you are building a, a a hybrid application a Blazor hybrid application with Maui, you're going to end up with webview 2 on on Windows on on Mac, you're going to use uh, W was it Wk webview um, And I think that's the same thing on on iPhone. So uh, I know that uh, Webview 2 is coming to more platforms. Um, at least I think it is. I don't have any announcements. I'm not announcing anything, um, but I'm pretty sure that, that that's out there. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, they're, they're super performant. Uh, you can bundle it with your application. It can be acquired separate from your application depending on what the OS allows for. So there's a lot of things you can do with the browser these days. And, and even on mobile contexts, they can run super, super well.
0: So a lot of what I think of mentally, like... I still am in this, you know, .NET Maui, and I'm feeling I, I initially think of mobile apps, yeah. um, but but I have to like reset my brain because going way back when .NET first shipped and it's like cool, I can build, you know, uh, what Winform applications, and the, and then people are like, can I run it on Mac? Well, you know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they're with Mono, sort of, you know, but not yeah. really, you know, and so like it, um. Can I really build like a, a full-featured like desktop application, at, and it runs on mm-hmm. Windows, and then I can ship it and it runs on a Mac too? Believe it or not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: so uh, we we have uh, done several things that are different than Xamarin to enable those you know desktop scenarios that differ from mobile. Um, so one of those is multi-window, uh, mm. so you can have multi-window applications when you want to. Um, we are working with uh, several customers that I cannot name, but really cool customers um, to build out new desktop application experiences, and you know their requirements are pretty demanding in terms of performance, in terms of multi-window, uh, custom MDI implementations. MDI is multi-document interface, something oh, yeah. I didn't learn until we started doing MAUI <laughs> and realized that we needed to do desktop things. So I needed yeah. to learn what what is a desktop thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, that's uh, essentially MDI is the kind of thing you would experience in Visual Studio where you can dock and undock panels mm-hmm. and you can have things all floating around inside of your uh your primary window so um you know then mouse gestures and pointers and uh, not pointers like you know science pointers but uh mm-hmm. you know your cursor right um right. you know i want that to be a finger i want that to be a hand or whatever so yeah. uh all of these things are new uh in maui and uh, that's not to say that we've got everything uh, immediately at GA that you could ever imagine for a desktop application, but that's where, you know, our vendor partners that, that build awesome components step up. And because, you know, uh, Syncfusion, Telerik, DevExpress, uh, I, you know, can go on and on. We mm-hmm. have desktop uh, components and widgets, and uh, they can adapt them for for Maui and they are, they're doing just that uh, or they're building new controls. So, um, so far we have not hit a limit or a blocker in terms of what we can do for desktop. Um, wow. What I think is really cool is, I mean, I don't know, years ago and you're uh, given that you've got, you know, web developer experience, you remember the whole uh, mobile first design uh, yeah. kind of wave that happened there and that kind of swept the world. It's like, okay, when you're going to build an application that's going to run multiple places, start with your smallest screen. Yeah, and build out from there. Whether that was not-
0: actually my next question: is like how oh. it runs well on a phone and a, you know, huge desktop, right?
1: Well, I mean, the good news is because uh, uh, Xamarin has always been, and and now Maui, of course, inherits. Uh, is, it adapts to different screen sizes and resolutions. Um, so all from one project, you can have one set of images and SVGs and raw assets. And um, and then you, you stand up your layout with the appropriate constraints and it will adapt to whatever screen you put it on. And then we've got a whole host of solutions for... Uh, you know, markup extensions so that you can do on platform for, you know, hey, if it's running on Android, do this one thing. Um, Or adaptive triggers, you know, if I, which is uh, akin to uh, media queries, right, in CSS. So essentially, you know, if if the screen uh, gets to be larger than 1,200 pixels, add another column to the layout. Or if it gets below that, remove that right-hand column because I don't have room for it anymore. Um, That kind of stuff. Super easy to do uh, with with .NET Maui um, or idioms. You know, like hey, if I'm running in a desktop context, use a menu bar. If I'm mm-hmm. not running in a desktop context, uh, do a flyout menu or or however you decide to design your application. So, tons of options. Um, pretty much, you can do anything you need to. And if and if those things, you know, start to make your your UI super muddy, you can always say, hey, uh, if I'm running on desktop, use this desktop specific layout. Uh, it's a separate XAML file or whatever. And then, you know, if I'm running on mobile, I've got a separate iPhone or, or
0: um, mobile
1: layout. So tons of ways you can do it. Plus we support multi-targeting. I could go okay. on and on. Tell
0: me about multi-targeting. Then.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so with .NET multi-targeting, and uh, this has kind of been supported, Claire Novotny, um, wrote a library, I don't even remember what exactly it was called, was it SDK mobile tools or SK, I don't know, Uh, Um, but it was a way in which you could use this underlying multi-targeting functionality in .NET where with some conventions, uh, you could say, hey, I want this file to work on this platform and I want this file to work on this platform and they're basically sharing an interface or they're sharing the same class or their Uh, partials And, and so it allows you to do these multi-platform things from a single project. Typically, um, p- prior to that, you would end up writing uh, all your Android code, for example, in an Android-specific project. And then mm-hmm. you'd have a separate project for all your other platform stuff. And you know, it's this is just a nice way to bring it all into one project because as developers, we're focused on our app. We really mm-hmm. don't want to be thinking about, as cross-platform developers, we don't want to be thinking about each individual platform. The more I have to worry about four things, four different platforms, yeah. the less I can focus on the value of my one application. So uh, that's what we're able to do now. Um, we've kind of taken uh, everything that, that Claire and, and that that library supported and we've worked closely with the project system teams and all the other uh, stakeholders within Microsoft to say, hey, let's bring this up to snuff for what we want to do in Maui. So now in Maui, you can do all those things. You can have all your code all in one place, uh, no matter which platforms it needs to compile for. You can use conditional compiler arguments, you can use file name conventions, you can use folder conventions, and the build system will pick up the right things and do all the right things. So your Android code runs on Android only, your iOS runs on iOS only. And it works in Visual Studio and they're adding support for it in Visual Studio for Mac too. So that when you're looking at a file, for example, you can go up to the top of that file and say, okay, Uh Show me what this looks like for Android. Show me what this looks like for iOS. And it changes your code to show you this is what's going to run when you're on that platform and this is what's not going to run, et cetera, et cetera. So it's
0: very powerful, very cool. So let's say I'm developing like right now, I'm I'm doing this um, podcast on Windows. I have my laptops on Mac. Like, do I need to, if I'm developing across all these different platforms, do I need to be jumping around and testing and you know running on each? Or what's the like? obviously it's important to test on the actual platform you're shipping for, but I don't want to be doing that all day long. So how, you know, what does that experience feel like? Is there anything we do to make it, easier so that I'm not having to run around to 19 different devices and test everything all the time.
1: Right. So uh, on Windows, the story is really cool because um, you, of course, can be building for Windows. And actually, uh, when you start up a new Maui application, Windows is the default target these days. Mm. Um, This is a change we just made. Previously, it had been Android. And so that makes for a really, there's, there's two reasons we did it. One, it's the faster build cycle, so you can be more productive. And uh, two, uh, it has the least
0: requirements in terms of setting up a bunch of other junk. Yeah. Um, so, so you immediately. I, I, I just have to say, when I've like been like, okay, today's the day, I'm going to de- be a Xamarin developer, and I would get started. And it's like I would get sucked down into Android developer tool hell a little <laughs> bit. Like it's fine. I I know I've got to get there eventually, but I don't want my two or three hours to be spent like messing with Android builds. Right. So you that, that no actually alone. sounds, yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, there's still more work coming to kind of smooth out the whole Android side of the, the, the setup process because it is quite a few steps, but, uh, but yeah.
0: And, and, the, so and I'm sorry to interrupt you yeah, here too, but there is, there is this Android subsystem for, yeah. for Windows sort of thing too. Is that part of that story or? Like I know you can do it manually, but is that gonna be like part of the actual main flow in the future? So
1: it is not part of the main flow right now. Uh, It is something that we think would be really cool to add to the main flow in the near future. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're talking and we have had conversations with the team that kind of owns that to say, hey, what can we do to make this a better developer experience? Um, Related to it, I happen to have seen a uh, an extension for Visual Studio that hopefully will be available in the next couple of weeks. Not an official one; it's a community one, um, but essentially it will help you to very quickly get your Windows subsystem for Android started and uh-huh. added to Visual Studio as a device target. Um, nice. Because you have to go through a bunch of steps right now to get it to work. Right, you have to go. Fig- you have to go first of all install it, mm-hmm. then you have to figure out how to get it started and then you have to go figure out what your IP address is, and then you need the magical incantation from ADB, a specialized Android command line only tool to connect that, then it'll show up in Visual Studio. So this this extension for Visual Studio will do all of that for you. So you you combine that with Android uh, mobile and and tablets, then you also have the Windows, which is your default. But then you add on to that, we have this iOS hot restart feature, um, Uh, which enables you to take your iPhone with a little cable that you probably bought it with, and you plug that puppy into your computer, your Windows machine, and uh, it becomes a target directly from Windows. Just all you need is the the iOS device and your Windows machine, um, and we guide you through the process of making the connection, and you can start debugging right from there. So really from windows, the only target you cannot, um, actually interact with, you can build, but you can't interact with would be a Mac desktop application mm-hmm. because we can't emulate that at this time.
0: Right. Okay. Um,
1: And then then the the additional scenario, which is also super useful from Windows, is the uh, iOS remote build host or the Mac remote build host. So this is if you do have a Mac, you can have it off to the side, lid closed if you prefer, um, and uh, you can connect to it from Windows, and it will actually show you your simulator um, directly on your Windows UI. And we actually, in the upcoming Visual Studio release, have that represented in the Visual Studio UI as part of our XAML Live preview. Um, and what's super cool about that is we're adding the ability for you to actually inspect the UI of your running application, and that will navigate to code for you. Um, and just really, uh, this is this is what a lot of us have been waiting for, just yeah. tying all <laughs> that tooling right back to the running application. Because like XAML Hot Reload's great, But Mm -hmm. then what if you want to go to the UI and be like, okay, I see it on my screen. Where is that code? Where is that coming from? Right. Right. And with this functionality, you can poke at it with your cursor uh, in Visual Studio and that will navigate to your code and then you can go make your changes. um, So so, So you don't have to have a billion devices.
0: Okay, so that is really good. Um, And that's the development experience. What about the like testing, like CI kind of, thing. What do you recommend for that?
1: Yeah. So in terms of what we recommend, um, really doing on-device uh, unit tests is, is the biggest bang for the buck. Mm. Um, there's also the ability to do on-device uh, UI testing. Um, however, that tends to be quite costly um, and uh, sometimes flaky. So the return on investment there is not awesome. Um, So the more unit tests that you can be writing and then getting them to run on devices, uh, you'll see good results there Um, with, uh, with some of the app center and uh, Xamarin UI test things, which some of that, some of those libraries still need to be brought up to.net six. But then you also have other open source frameworks like Appium. You can utilize some of those uh, even on your local machine. Um, but, you know, with with that uh, coolness comes complexity. So really, you know, unit tests are the way to go. Um, and uh, if you need to run across a breadth of devices, then the App Center Test Cloud is available. Um, okay. uh, if you're willing to pay the pretty penny. Yeah. Um, because, but, and, and, but the, you know, they have tons of different devices. And we utilize that ourselves hmm. um, to run tests against Maui. Um, and our control gallery and, and all the tests that we have, um, but we've kind of shied away from doing UI tests these days, um, mm-hmm. and more towards doing on-device unit tests.
0: Okay. So what's the um, let's say I'm I'm sold now. I want to get into this. Um, assuming this comes out right after you know after the announcement at Build, you know. So what 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 do I actually need to do in order to um, get started building Maui apps now?
1: Yeah, so uh, the the best way to get started is to download the Visual Studio Preview that will be available at Build. Um, The preview channel of Visual Studio will carry the GA bits of .NET MAUI, and it will give you everything you need for Android, iOS, Mac, and Windows right there. And so uh, with that simple install, uh, check the .NET MAUI box at the install. Um, You can start developing right there. It's file new. MAUI application and, and you're off to the
0: races. Okay. So, you know, going way back, we talked about like open source background and open, you know, Xamarin being open source and stuff like that. If I'm not using Visual Studio, what's, am I still able to get the bits, you know, open source and do a little more work to get things set up? So
1: with Xamarin, that would have been a, a hard no. Um, but the cool thing is, is that because we're now part of .NET, you can install Maui directly from the command line using .NET itself. So we are what's called an optional workload um, in .NET. So we are part of .NET, but we're also, uh, because we are gigabytes of things, uh, <laughs> You know, we don't want to force that upon everybody that just wants to install .NET. So you can install .NET uh, with the installer from the .NET website. And then you can go .NET uh, Workload Install Maui. And .NET Workload Install Maui will go ahead and grab all the things that you need to be able to build and run from the command line. And then you could use you could use Visual Studio Code. You could use another editor of your preference. Um, they will all have differing support for C Sharp, for XAML, you know, so you'll have to decide uh, are those things worth it. Um, You're definitely going to get the best experience in terms of Hot Reload, .NET Hot Reload, which also works with MAUI, Um, um, Blazor Hot Reload. I don't know if that's actually the term we use for it, but, you know, the Hot Reload Mm -hmm. that works with the Blazor and the CSS things.
0: Yeah, Um, pretty sure that's Hot Reload too there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that that will work uh, in some scenarios outside of Visual Studio. Um, with like the .NET, what is it .NET Watch or whatever that
0: uh, mm, yeah, yeah
1: works for those scenarios, but that does not work uh, at this point for for Maui scenarios.
0: Okay, and the like, I always have to remind myself and think through this. So there's hot restart, which is detects yeah. code has changed and restarts the application, and that's okay. But I lose my state. I have to wait while the app kind of restarts. I have to get back to where I was. And and what's crazy about hot reload is it actually updates just the code and injects it in. Right. And I don't have to restart mm-hmm. my application. I don't have to click through the app to get where I was. It just updates.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it reapplies that code and then reapplies the the state uh, that wow. it replaced. So yeah, you don't you don't lose your your navigation. You don't lose your view state. Um, It's super powerful. And I think that uh, .NET Hot Reload, uh, which does a method body replacement essentially, so um, uh, and I've had really a lot of fun with that over the past week, building out samples and changing code. And uh, very rarely do I have to restart my application. Hopefully in the future, I'll never have to restart my application. I can just keep coding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different things you can do with it. And the Hot Restart, uh, the way you described it is definitely accurate. Um, the, the, uh, the additional nuance to it is when we talk about iOS Hot Restart, we're essentially taking that same concept, but applying it to the ability to, to plug your iOS device into your uh, Windows machine. Wow. Um, so we can, we can take that same Hot Restart concept further. Uh, we actually use it under the hood on Android development for fast deploy. Um, oh. And we could use it on other platforms as well to tighten up the developer loop so that mm-hmm. you have to do less restarting of your application.
0: Okay, cool. That's rebuilding
1: of your application. That's the way Yeah,
0: yeah. We, and that, like you said, that cycle of like building and re, like it's yeah. got to be compiled for that platform and it's got to be shipped over, the, you know, and installed. Yeah, but we developed
1: and, uh, applications like that for, for decades, you know? <laughs> right? like it, but now, like if, if, if I get up in the morning and start to build an application and my hot reload doesn't work, it's like, ah, scrap it. I'm not working today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> That's
0: like, it. We became, we've become spoiled. <laughs> okay, so I've just got a few more questions. Uh, yeah. One is, so the obvious kind of like selling point for me is I'm a .NET developer. I can use my mm-hmm. C# skills. I can use my familiar tools. I can use my um, libraries. I can use code I've written and all that NuGet packages. Um, that's the main selling point for me. Is that really like if I'm if I'm talking to other developers about like, hey, Maui's awesome. Is that kind of the main thing, or are there other you know, like things, because there are, like you mentioned, there are other things that we talked about, Electron, there's like Flutter, there's there's some yeah. other options. So like how, or is there anything else I should think of beyond it's, it's .NET?
1: Yeah. So uh, it is .NET. I think one of the other major selling points is uh, you can stay within one language. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to go out into Objective-C and Swift. You know, I know that one of the reasons that a lot of developers love Blazor is the hatred of
0: JavaScript. Um, or, or you just don't feel comfortable with it or you just don't, uh, you, feel know, gotta, it, you know, I gotta, yeah, I gotta say that because like, I think people get allergic to like, oh, I hate, you know, like yeah. your web developer, you should know JavaScript. Like, I can do JavaScript. I can write JavaScript. It's not going to be the best JavaScript. It's not going to take advantage of all the you know, it's like, so like in cases where i'm writing business logic i think i'd do better in c sharp with that you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know for sure and you know i, I on a personal level i've uh, i started out as a web developer um, mm-hmm. so asp and uh, access databases and then graduated to sql servers and nice. um, yep. you know i started way back man so <laughs> uh, yeah i have a i have a lot of appreciation for all kinds of different languages whether it was vb vb script vb.net mm-hmm. Um, c-sharp i certainly love and i advocate for but yeah. Uh, yeah so you know being able to maximize the languages that you know and have mastered i think is is awesome um, one of the other great things that you get from Maui is accessibility so mm-hmm. accessibility is something that is a uh, it's a it's a pretty hard to understand and, and get up to speed on topic um, mm-hmm. we we realize yeah. the importance of it as developers many times but we don't know what to do about it Um, So the great thing about MAUI is because, first of all, it uses native UI controls, you get the native platform accessibility features by default. But also on top of that, we've added semantic services that enable you to more directly control your uh, accessibility experiences, um, uh, whether it's auditory, visual, et cetera. So uh, that's something that's a pretty cool advantage. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, because we are also using uh, a native UI, um, if there are other native libraries out there, you can bring them to .NET. Um, so we have a couple of different patterns for doing that. So let's say that you had a CocoaPod or you have a Java library out there and it's super popular in the ecosystem and we don't have a comparable offering for it in.NET, you can totally use it. Um, you can use it either just by invoking it from .NET, uh, or you can write a binding around it. Whether it's a small API that you surface or it's a full API that you service. Like for example, uh, I was looking on Twitter, and there's a library called Lottie. Are you familiar with Lottie? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
1: Cool animations, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so this library is is been out there for a long time with a with a binding. Uh, for Xamarin, but nobody has done any updates to it for .NET 6, and so uh, this one developer says, hey, well, I just did a what's, what's known as a slim binding, um, which essentially is, I just need to be able to call this one method mm-hmm. um, and use this library. And so you create the wrapper around that with .NET, you invoke into the native code, And you're up and running with a a Java library, essentially. Um, Or if it's on the Apple side, it's, you know, probably a Swift or an Objective-C library. So you have that capability as well. um, And you can stay in .NET, but use not just what you get on NuGet, but you get all the other stuff too. Oh, very cool. Okay. I could think of of more if you gave me more time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) I partly why I set this up is relatively short, because I'm like, this could go forever, right? There's yeah. so much cool yeah. stuff to talk about. Um, one last question is, can you kind of summarize where we're at today, like May 2022? Mm-hmm. What's shipping today? What's in the future? Where, where are we going?
1: So, you know, as we kind of started off at the top, you know, this is a huge transition in the .NET ecosystem. It's a unification of this Xamarin technology and and all the things, the build systems and everything with mm-hmm. .NET itself. Um, so we recognize this is also a major transition for the ecosystem. So, we're shipping a GASDK here at build. Um, and that's going to give you the ability to build Android, iOS, macOS and Windows applications. Um, We have seen since we did RC just a few weeks ago, a lot of libraries updating and starting to ship. So the ecosystem is starting to make that transition. Um, And we anticipate that we're going to see several months, um, if not a long tail of that, as libraries are like, oh, I really need this. I really need that. And they start bringing their stuff and recompiling with .NET targets, uh, .NET 6 targets in mind. Mm. Um, And so... You know, we're encouraging developers right now, bring your libraries to .NET MAUI and .NET 6. Now is the time. Uh, we're ready for it. You've got a GA product. You know you can depend upon it. Microsoft supports it. We have, a, we have a very public support policy, you know, so you know you can depend upon it. You know who to call if you've got a problem, um, yeah. and it's going to be around for a really long time. And then, uh, as we get later in the year, as tooling becomes stable, because we're going to ship previews of tooling with the GA SDK, when tooling becomes stable and we know that we can depend on being more productive a little bit later in the year, then we'll encourage more Xamarin applications to migrate, um, and we'll we'll go broader, right, with the call for, hey, you know, come be productive, building your awesome apps with .NET. But the first phase really is. Let's energize the ecosystem to mm-hmm. start making this transition. Some people were just waiting to know is this a real product that we can take a bet on? Yeah. You know, which is a, a realistic thing.
0: Um, when Microsoft ships something as GA, like you said, that comes yeah. with a support policy. And Microsoft's kind of fa- famous slash infamous for supporting things for a very long time. Right. Yes. So it's like, once it shipped, like that's a commitment. Yeah, for Microsoft and something as a customer, you're like, okay, it's actually a real thing now.
1: Yeah, and you know .dot uh, NET we just celebrated twenty years um, mm. out out in the world. Yeah, um, so we've got we've got ourselves a, a, a young adult, and um, <laughs> and you know Xamarin, like I mentioned, uh, has pedigree that goes back like at least twelve years mm. um, to some early Mono days. So you know, while Maui is a brand new first GA it's also an evolution of a product that has been around for, for quite a while. Um, and so the commitment is there. There is definitely proof in the pudding that this, this works like we, Xamarin forms, uh, it survived, uh, seven releases of Android, seven releases of iOS. It went from round beveled edges and (laughs) gradients and, uh, uh, whatever that design pattern was called, where things were like leathery and stuff. Yeah, you know? oh gosh. And then it went minimal design and simple neomorphic. and flat. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's like, yeah, neomorphic skewism. Yeah. Logic <laughs> logic. Uh, you know, and so as an, you know, the great thing is, is if you had built your application at the very beginning, you wouldn't have have to have, you know, been forced to rewrite it that whole mm-hmm. time because Xamarin.Forms prove that as a pattern, as a technology, uh, it can do that. Um, for, for both, you know, line of business enterprise applications, as well as, you know, we've got customers doing commercial, uh, e-commerce, you know, straight to consumer stuff, um, and games, you know, people build games with it, you know, so tons of stuff you can do with it. So yeah, it's a GA product. You can take a bet on it. Uh, there's a support person you can call and you can, and they can help you with your stuff. It's pretty awesome.
0: All right, I think you just committed to helping me with all my problems. So, <laughs> awesome, I'm passing
1: along commitments from people with more <laughs> power than me. <laughs>
0: where Where do we um? So where do you go to get started then with with Maui? You said download the the preview.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so visualstudio.com preview, uh, will have the have the bits you can install. Um, we actually have our own website, so probably direct everybody to our website. So dot, dot net slash Maui. Okay. That that'll get you to our Maui landing page. I think we might be taking over the .NET web page come GA. I, I don't know. Hey, why not? I saw a beautiful design. Myra <laughs> showed me a cool design. I was like, oh, that looks really nice. Cool. So uh, yeah, okay. from there you can get all the activation tutorial, and it'll walk you
0: through installing everything.
1: Of course, I'm got. A, I'll have a blog post out that'll give you yeah. all the
0: the dirty details. As cool. Well. I'll get that all linked in the show notes. So. Cool. All right. I'm out of questions. I'm ready to wrap up. You got anything else you want to say? Hey, man, thanks for
1: having me on. It's the first time I've done a podcast with you. I hope it won't necessarily be the last, but I appreciate you having
0: me. Cool. All right. Thanks a bunch. Yep.